You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the Track and Stand Out podcast by my mom, Darlene Holly. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy lives to listen to the podcast and to join us here. I have an amazing guest today, and I am so honored to have her here with you. I have Keisha Lee Inje. Oh, and I I totally know I just blew her last name again, even though I just practiced it. Um, But she is a messaging mentor, a copywriter, and founder and CEO of Striking Statements. She is also the creator of the Embody Your Message Masterclass and Course. Keisha's mission is to help service-based, social-conscious entrepreneurs and businesses clearly convey what they stand for, who they help, and why what they have to offer is needed right now. I absolutely love Keisha's message, and we have very similar interests when it comes to our businesses, so I'm excited to dive in today's conversation. Keisha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Darlene. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad and honored to have you here. Thank you so much again for taking time to come on. I know we're going to have some fun because like I was saying, we have a similar mission when it comes to the work that we do and the way that we love to support our clients. So I know we're going to be able to have a lot of fun today in the conversation. To get us started, I love to just kind of check in. Like life has been, it's been a year. (laughs) So um, how are you doing? Uh, that's a loaded question, but (laughs) no, overall, overall, I'm doing great. You know, life inevitably has shifted and fortunately, um, good things have come from it in my business and the way that I have done my own inner work, you know, being in a quarantine gives you the opportunity to really look at what's important, what's bull crap, you know, it, it gives you perspective this whole pandemic has definitely given us the opportunity to look at our lives, our interactions with others, how we show up in a different way. And so that's been really a really beautiful thing for me. Uh, I do have a teenage daughter who is 17 and she's senior year. So that it's, that's been difficult, you know, it's been difficult. And even though she wasn't, she's in a charter school. And so uh, we have done more of an independent study pre-pandemic anyway, it's definitely been, it's been a challenge, but we're, we're, we're working through it. And overall we're here. We're still here. Yeah. I can totally understand where you're coming from as a mom too. And I can't even imagine though, like senior year, like all the feels that would come up with some of those important milestones that 
we know we had when we went to school and then she's been looking forward to it, I'm sure. And it's, it's shifted so many different things. I know even last year, my nephew had graduated from high school and then we had a couple of friends who did and like we were planning all these big parties and it's like, wait, how do we do that? How do we celebrate and still honor them even though it's been like a wild year and right. the schedule's so different. So sending you so much love around that piece because I can only imagine your mama heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely- yeah, it, And it's been such a, a, a great like, so many good things have come from my this year. I feel like too, like what you were saying, like that chance to really like realign with ourselves and figure out what's important, what's not important. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with somebody a couple weeks ago and they were talking about how they don't like the word busy and they're trying to like take that word out of their vocabulary because they felt like they used to be so busy all the time. And like with the pandemic and life slowing down a little bit, they're like, oh, like I can actually see like what things I should be focusing on and are actually making the impacts that I want to versus the things that I was just doing because I felt like I had to, or because it felt like something I should be doing. Um, right. She was mentioning like how she was, you know, stepping into the things that she wanted to do and not focusing as much anymore on those things that didn't matter. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I feel like so much more quality time, like with the family. And so like really aligning our values back to who we are mm-hmm. has come from this year. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's where, you know, if you if you're willing to look and, and get honest with yourself, then it can be a really beautiful thing. Not that any of it can be easy or is easy. I think development, growth, it's not easy. Getting outside of your comfort zone. Hello, it's called comfort because it feels a bit better than discomfort. But in the end, the comfort tends to get uncomfortable too, right? So it's a matter of what kind of pain are you willing to, to, to hang out with? The pain, you know, the pain of staying where you are when you know there's there's more versus the pain of the unknown and doing the things that you're not used to. Yeah. So, yeah. And listening to that little like inkling in your tummy that's like, ooh, I can do something different or I can do something totally off the beaten path of maybe where I was headed before. Yeah. And they can experiment and like feel into like what they want to accomplish and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that's something I love to listen to. I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, wait a minute. I want to learn more about this. And then it's like, I buy the books and I study the information or I listen to more podcasts about it. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like, you're not, not that you're reinventing yourself, but like a, a piece of you kind of gets reinvented during that process and you can really stand on it. Definitely. Definitely. I uh, sent out and an email, a recent email I sent out to my list. It was about, you're going to have to let go. Like nothing changes without you. And so (laughs) there is a process in our evolution of letting things go, letting things die, parts of ourselves to go in order to step fully into who we're becoming. And so, and that's a big part of of my message too, with messaging and helping people, you know, so it's it's all about life really and living a, a fully expressed life. Yeah. That's the key for me. I was just talking with somebody last night and she was, we were talking about something about like prioritizing like your schedule and your timing and stuff. And I, I have a mantra that I can't, I can't remember what book I read it in, but I'm sure I read it somewhere, but it was like, if, if you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that like hit me like right in like the perfect spot and the timing that I needed it. Cause I was like, that's so true. Like how many times do we like say yes to something? And then later we're like, Ooh, like why did I say yes to that? But it creates like that um, shift where if you, are really careful what you say yes to, then you're doing the things that you want to be doing and you're moving yourself in the right direction versus 
staying stuck and like having that regret or remorse because you said yes to something that you really should have said no to. <laughs> you really didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, Keisha, I would love for you just to kind of take us through like the journey of your life a little bit. Like take us back to like when you decided you wanted to start your own business and kind of what that process looked like for you. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in Virginia, in Charlottesville, Virginia, you know, but right now we're in San Diego and uh, yeah, born and raised in, in Charlottesville and I moved to Northern Virginia to go to school. I initially wanted to pursue some broadcast journalism, uh, but instead as I got in there, I thought, huh, maybe public relations. Public relations seems to be, that's interesting. I like the case studies. I like the whole idea of uh, the relationships and the being on the scene uh, and being involved and being the voice of. So anyway, I focused on public relations with a degree in communication and ended up working for the world's largest credit union, Navy Federal. Uh, I started off in the collections department, but then got promoted because they were hiring within, thank goodness, uh, for public relations role. Like, duh, this is a large credit union. Of course they'd have public relations. So um, that experience definitely was pretty amazing in that I got to see people at all levels of this large organization. I was in executive meetings. And at this time I'm in my, um, I'm 24, 25, in executive meetings, um, working on PR initiatives with branch managers across the country and the world actually, being that liaison with organizations in the community, uh, nationally and locally. And I even got my first byline, you know, pitching stories. And so it was overall like a really wonderful experience for me. And while in that role, I did recognize that, you know, it really, it. It doesn't matter what your role is. It doesn't matter where you're from. I recognize that people truly want to be heard. You know, it's, it's, it's a desire, it's a birthright for us to truly be understood. And that's where the concept of striking statements came actually during my role there at Navy Federal One. The reason being, um, I was getting kind of bored after, after about a year and a half, I'd done quite a bit and I remember looking around at the plaques, you know, the name that the name plates that people have on their desks and they would have these little circles of years of service. And I remember my mind being blown by seeing somebody with 20, 20 to 25 year, like, wow. I'm like, whoa, you've been here as long as I've been alive. Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, it may be for people and it's great. It's wonderful that uh, this job does provide something for folks, but it wasn't for me. I knew that for me, I would need something more dynamic, uh, something more Keisha, more creative. And so striking statements in 2006, seven came to be to help others celebrate, initially celebrate special milestones in unique and striking ways. So what did I do as a new business person? Well, I looked around at the connections I had. I actually got some folks within uh, the corporate, the headquarters to be my clients. I had a gentleman who wanted to surprise his wife for their 25 year anniversary. So I like coordinated their whole thing, Broadway tickets and 
um, transportation from the airport. And it was just my first, you know, getting my feet wet into entrepreneurship and helping people in that way. And it evolved. It evolved, obviously. Um, I had my second child. I, I actually, I had my daughter which I'd already said, she's a teenager now, but I had her my last semester of college. So um, yeah, found out I was pregnant my last semester. And then after a few years at Navy Federal, I became pregnant with my second child, my son. And so I thought, okay, great. I will stay home and focus on growing strength and statements and then their dad can take care of things. I can take care of things with my business. And then who knows, the sky is the limit, right? The, 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 the galaxy is the limit. Well, as life would have it, things, things went a bit differently. <laughs> things went a bit differently, <laughs> as it often does. Um, and so I had my son and he, he lived for six months. He had a rare genetic disorder. And so that was not something that was foreseen prior to him being born. He was born at home, had a beautiful birth at home and a beautiful experience, a very trying and traumatic experience as well, right? Um, so in those six years, I kind of like what we talked about with this pandemic, life was put into perspective things in terms of what's important and what do I want and where are we going? And, you know, still being a fairly young, you know, in my late twenties, mom, um, mom to two kids, um, knowing that my son's, the, the, his, his lifespan would not be, you know, predicted to be very long. It really gave me, it gave perspective and it had me look at life in a different way in my role within the world. Um, so after he passed, we, um, I took pause, quite honestly, I took pause, I took pause. And thankfully I had a nice savings. I had, you know, um, I did leave the credit union. That was also my way out. Cause I'm like, I don't want to stay in this role, but I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go without salary. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Maybe this maternity leave could be I leave and not come back. And then and then we'll see. So that's basically what I did. But thankfully, I was pretty set up with five years to nur there. And I took pause. And during that time, I did discover Twitter, actually. Twitter and Facebook later, because it was about 2009 when I actually joined Facebook was in 2009 from personally, but Twitter, especially, I'm like, this is wild how people who creative people are monetizing their genius and doing business and life on their terms. They're, they're creating these job paths that or career paths that they get to make, they get to create and it's working. And so with that exposure, I decided to take striking statements to a place of helping other entrepreneurs, not with the special or people in general. It started with people in general, but after this exposure to technology and Twitter, I decided to help people in business who did not necessarily have the capability of, of conveying what they did and who they helped in a clear way. And so I thought, ah, that's how I'll help people continue to make striking statements and the way that they show up and help others. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, I know everybody has different stories, right? Yes. 
I had a similar but different story like with that moment with life and when I lost my mom and we learned so much about ourselves going through that process and figuring out like how we're going to move forward and like one of the things that I um often hear in my head I think more than anything is like life is short like we never know how much time we're given with you know here on earth ourselves or with our loved ones and just you know being able to make an impact and to do things that feel good to us and are like the right way for us to move forward so yeah um, yeah I, it's one of those things where you're like okay it's, it's these are the moments that make a difference and we can you know we get to choose how we move forward and luck, luckily for for us like we have that ability to like I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this like I just want to honor you <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us um it's one of those things like it it's as a mom and just as a human like it's so life is, is it impacts us in so many different ways so I don't know what I'm talking about I'm just talking I'm like I just wanted to honor you for a second <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't even know what I'm saying my words are not coming out right but um it's so important that we we learn from those lessons and like we take heart in them and we move our businesses forward from there and so you're, you're, you're making striking statements in such a beautiful way. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, as we evolve and we continue to grow, let me just, can I share a little bit more about just, cause I love to finish this bit about my son and, and honor him um, as well. So his name is Gabriel and I, so the, you know, he lived during, in 2008, his lifespan was in 2008. And I signed up with a coaching program um, about four years later, five years when I was in my first like big investment of this coaching program. Now, prior to that, I realized that it was a couple years though, uh, I'm not a religious person. So I didn't know about the Archangel Gabriel. And I'm not sure if you were your audience. No, but we did name him that because his father's, um, he, he was my uh, mother, ex-mother-in-law's favorite Archangel. And I knew that when we named him, I'm like, that's a beautiful name. I love it. Well, it wasn't until two years later that I, I realized that Gabriel is the Archangel of communication. He's the messenger angel. Oh my gosh. That just gave me chills. Like, yeah. Wow. Gabriel. Yeah. And, and then like your legacy that you're leading, like totally ties back to him, which is such a beautiful connection and a way to like carry him and his memory with you. Right. With that you do. Right. And I thought, wow, isn't that something special? I knew it was, I know he's special knowing that piece. Yeah, amazing. And so I ended up incorporating a story around that with that coaching program. So that's how I tie that in. But prior to that, I did not talk about it um, because I thought, well, that's mine and he's in my heart to keep. And unless there's something around specific to that, then I, there's no need for anybody to really know. But in healing and being able to you know, grow from those experiences and, and, and see, see the love and keep the love with you, keep the love, the love with you, um, you're able to move forward. And yeah, I have this beautiful story that I can talk about, you know, at this point pretty freely. 
so yeah so then we can yeah continue to talk about striking statements <laughs> yeah and it's it's so good it reminds me um there's a quote by Brene Brown that says to share from the scar not from the wound and from what you just said like it resonates with me like after I lost my mom um in a car accident like I couldn't talk about it for a long time and I'm at a place now where I do talk about it as part of my story and a part of like it was during that time for me that I really realized how short life is and like I was working retail management prior to starting my business and I loved the work that I did but it wasn't I was working crazy hours I was exhausted I wasn't home as much as I wanted to be like my schedule changed so much and mm -hmm. I just had that like feeling in my gut like this is not the way that I'm supposed to be living my life like I need to do something different and I don't know how long I would have stayed in that cycle of like knowing I was meant for more and knowing I could have done something different. Um, if I wouldn't have gone through that experience, I'm sure something else eventually would have happened. Like that would have been like a way easier way to have learned my lesson, but <laughs> that wasn't what I was given. And it was during that time, like going through that grieving process after I lost my mom that I was like, all right, like you have to do something different early. And like, if I continue on this path, I'm not happy. I'm not like doing work, like I'm doing work and supporting like my employees and my clients and stuff in a loving way. And I loved what I did, but it wasn't lighting me up. It wasn't like my sole purpose. And so when I found coaching a couple of years after that, I was like, oh, I was like, this is totally my jam. This is what I love to do. This is how I've always been supporting like my friends in high school would always come to me for support like people were always reaching out and I was like oh I'm a coach I didn't even know coaching was a thing right. but so when I found it and you know um went through training and different things like that I was like oh my gosh I'm like you can get paid to do work that you love like hello why don't people know this um and so it was but it was because of that time that I was grieving that I was like I knew I needed to do something different and that was when like it propelled me to leave what I was doing before and start my own business. And thank goodness. And that was back in 2007. So we started not too far apart on that journey of like coaching and finding out that we can support people in this entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. Right. Way. Exactly. Exactly. Isn't that cool? Hmm. Yeah. hmm. So tell me a little bit about the work that you do. Like what is, um, what is it that your company does and how do you support your clients? Yeah. So my company is a brand messaging and uh, strategy. We provide brand messaging and strategy as well as messaging mentorship. So I work with, yeah, entrepreneurs, creatives, consultants to help them, particularly when they're in the phase of they've evolved. There's been a pivot, a shift in what they're doing and how they want to show up. And so I'm helping them to gain the clarity, to, to look at their mission, their values, their story, which parts of it give validation to their mission, even to redefine who the people are that they want to work with. Because as we evolve, so do the people we, we work with too. So it's about doing a overall revamp of those things and providing uh, messaging that I call striking statements and striking statements are essentially, it's when you have the words that get you noticed, remembered and paid. That's what a striking statement does. And with my um, embody your message, the concept of embodying your message, you know, I have a course around embodying your message and I created a masterclass around it. It's about 
three components, three areas of um, where we need to upgrade to be able to truly have this messaging that has resonance and that will consistently attract the right opportunities and the right people to you. It really lies within your ability to upgrade your mentality, your mindset, your self-image. And by doing the two of those, your messaging will, will shift because it's the energy. Everything is energy. And truly embodying your message means that your messaging is a reflection of not what you think sounds good, not the things that you that touch on little parts of you, but it's truly a reflection of the essence of who you are being in the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and sometimes it takes like that pulling back the layers a little bit and really getting to know yourself even better <laughs> before yeah. you can encompass that. I know um, a lot with my clients, like sometimes we're, we have to dig deep because sometimes we're, I, I think we're, I, I don't know, I kind of feel like sometimes like we're trained as a society to like wear this mask and like be who people expect us to be and like who we should be. We were told we should be, not necessarily who we should be. But those things, like those messages come up for so many people. And I know I struggled with that big time. Like when I started my business back in 2007, like the first two years, I was watching what everybody else was doing and trying to not necessarily copy what they were doing, but emulate into a degree like, oh, like that, they're, they're, we should wear a business suit and we should carry a briefcase and um, we should introduce ourselves like this. And like, I never got really clear in my messaging. And it was like that, like two years in a business when I had that. I call it like a coming to Jesus moment where I like broke down and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I'm like making all these amazing friends and all these contacts and I'm networking and like everybody loves me, <laughs> but nobody wants to pay me. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what is wrong with my messaging? And it was during that time when I like journaled my heart out and like, I really dug deep and like got clearer for myself. Like, oh, like I'm trying to talk to everybody, mm -hmm. which in turn is talking to nobody because nobody was really listening or hearing what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people I talk to are struggling with those, not necessarily the exact same story, but they're not connecting with our people. They're not, you know, really getting clear with who they want to work with and what's unique about them and sharing their experiences and their skill sets and their stories. Mm -hmm. Like that was something that I felt like, and it still comes up when I'm talking to people, like people are like, I, I kind of want to hide behind my mask a little bit. Like you can see a little bit of me, but not all of me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, abs totally. You know, for me as well, when I left the corporate world as Keisha, the public relations manager, and started to network as Keisha, business owner, striking statements, because I didn't have that clarity or that conviction in myself of knowing who I was. And it is a process. And I don't, that's why, you know, my clients are typically in that five year and above place of being in business, not brand new, because there is a process of getting to that point where, again, with all the variables in business and especially in entrepreneurship, right? It's a wild ride. One thing is inevitable. It's your evolution to your next level. And so, you know, to get to the place where you're like, okay, I've done enough of the work with people. I know what works for me. I know clearer in terms of who I am and who I would like to work with and how I want to be. But yeah, going back to what I was starting to say, when I first started networking as a business owner, I let people tell me what, what I could do, you know, like 
sure I was on Twitter. Like I said, I love Twitter and stuff. Oh, so you, you can help with my social media management. Oh, okay. You know, oh, all right, sure. Let's try it. So it is definitely a process, but once you're knowing the things that are for you and not for you, you know, where you shine the brightest, you know, where that ease and that genius zone is for you, then it's just a matter of formulating the, the, the transformation, like being able to tell people, this is what I can help you with. I, I see you, I know where you are and I can show you what's available for you on the other side. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, it makes me laugh. Cause I'm like, yeah, so many people would be like, Oh, can you help me with, I mean, I remember when I first started one of the, the people that I, um, I guess was a client, it wasn't like a coaching client. Like I thought it was going to be a coaching relationship. And then I was ended up doing like bookkeeping and different things with them in the beginning. And I'm like, wait, this isn't even <laughs> what I do. How did I like somehow say yes to this? And like, I'm like, this isn't what I'm doing. This isn't what I'm like, want to be great at and like what I am great at even <laughs> like so okay. I think it's funny but you're right like especially in the beginning like and I think it's okay too like when the, when you're first starting your business like you're learn you're getting your feet wet a little bit you're like testing things out you're like what do I want to do like how does this work what type of people do I want to work with so it, I almost like even though those, those first two years of my business didn't go as I would have hoped like I'm kind of glad that, that was my start because it's great for story. <laughs> like, yep. like I didn't have my stuff together. Um, but I learned so much about myself during that time. I learned what I liked, what I didn't like, the types of clients I loved working with, which ones I was like, Ooh, put these on the list of like, definitely not a good fit. <laughs> AOA. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So also along those lines of like, stay away. And what you were saying, like you were talking to everybody because like, hey, you don't know what you don't know. And you were looking at the people who were doing the things that looked like, obviously it was working for them. So why not try on some of this of what they're doing? And even now, even more so now with so much of our lives being online in some, some capacity, uh, using social media, uh, it's easy to be seduced into believing that you have to talk about the same things or that it's it's better. Yeah, let's talk about what they're talking about. Let's do the things that they're doing um, because, hey, it's working for them without us really understanding that everyone, not everything's going to work for everyone. And I think a big part of people who are afraid to show up, I feel like there's two parts. There's people who are afraid to be seen and there's people who are afraid to not be seen. <laughs> right? The FOMO, the FOMO people, their fear of missing out. Oh my God, I need to do a reel. I need to be on Clubhouse. Not that there's anything wrong with any of these things, but for one, when you're trying to do all the things just to keep up with what's trendy, what's hot, you're not really tuning in to who you are. What do you really, what's really for you? And looking at where your audiences are, like what makes sense for where they're showing up? <laughs> you know, taking like recognizing those two, two of many factors, but two, those biggest factors will make a big impact on, you know, how you, how you show up yeah. and why, and your reasons behind it, your, your intentions behind yeah. that, your motivating, your motivators for that. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it, it's so true. Like you have to figure out, especially when it comes to how you're showing up and social media, like you need to find, figure out 
where you like to show up and what you like to do. But then you also have to be like, well, okay, if I like Facebook, say it's Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Clubhouse, like are my people actually there too though? Because you can show up there all day long, but if you're not talking to your ideal clients, like it's not going to support you in the right way. Or if you don't enjoy doing something and you're trying to do it anyways, like your audience is going to see that and not connect as much with you in that space as well. So yeah, it's one of those things, like it's all trial and error though in the beginning too. Like you're like, let's, let's try a couple of things, see what sticks, which, which things do I like doing? Like I remember um, when I first started doing videos, like at first I was like, I, w- I didn't do them forever because that little red light when it got like when it's staring at you when you hit record like for some reason my mind would go to mush and I'm like what am I supposed to say now like I know I have good things to say but they would like all disappear for whatever reason and so I had to like start slow and like started doing Facebook lives in a group where there wasn't tons of people and I'm like okay like I survived nobody even watched it yet good the algorithm was working in my favor that day <laughs> and then like as you get more comfortable and now I don't mind it at all I mean I get like you know I have my moments where I'm like I don't want to do my hair or do my makeup or like do the video but it's not as scary as it was so I think it's like that piece of like I need to be visible I need to be seen but finding ways that are really comfortable for you and just because somebody in your industry is doing videos or writing blog posts or creating a podcast or whatever like there's so many things nowadays right like whatever they're doing like you don't have to do it just because they're doing it you could do it because you want to and it excites you and like you love it but finding things that like there's so many ways to market your business you don't have to do all the things you just have to do like five of them, 10 of them <laughs> yeah. um, and find ones that you love and that are working for you and test and measure and tweak it a little bit until you find like that rhythm that really works for you. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny because so many people are always like, oh, well, you know, this influencer is doing this. So I have to go out and do it. And then it doesn't work for them. And what they don't, they don't even know what's happening on the backside just because I don't, don't know. The whole thing. You don't see the whole story. Mm-hmm. You don't see all that happened or how long or their trial and errors either. And they're not always as successful as they look from like the vanity matrix of it too. Like being in the online space now for so long, like I've got, I know a lot of different influences or different people. And some of the people that I always thought were like crazy up there, like, oh, you're not really, you're not making millions. Like you would Mm -hmm. think like what I, when you look at it, you're like, wow. Um, And then when you really get into the numbers and see what's going on, like they're spending their whole entire budget was, you know, paid back into Facebook ads or <laughs> like those different things. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's so interesting to like watch the online space and see like, okay, like that's working for them. But like, when you know more, like you're like, oh, but they're not actually making this or maybe they, some of them are. And, that, and I know tons of business owners who are making, you know, six figures um, and higher and like they have tiny email lists and they have, you know, 400 ideal clients in their Facebook group, not 20,000. <laughs> and they're still creating and attracting the right clients into them. Right. Yes. And that's the whole, that's the point about attracting the right, the right people. And it's fun. It helps with ego to have those vanity metrics. But, you know, I look at Instagram for definitely having fun when I've actually taken the pressure off to really look like, you know, my coach, she said, okay, so where do you get your folks? Like, where do clients come from? And I'm like, oh gosh, referrals, networking, you know, 
now it's Zoom, some things in person, but of course it was networking in person previously, but still works. Referrals, Facebook, and then, you know, Instagram. And I told her, she's like, well, how many clients have you gotten from Instagram? Let's just say, and I'm like, gosh, you, you know, not, not a whole lot, not a whole lot of customers. What I have gotten through Instagram specifically is um, gotten to know really great collaborators and, and friends who we can do some things together with, but not a whole lot of clients per se more so from Facebook I have and she was like okay well you know once I identified my superpower <laughs> which is networking I can go to a networking event and visit like literally visit as a guest and get a client yeah. uh, that's happened on many occasions for me and so knowing that I can be more intentional in those spaces where it's not done have anything to do with social media you know it's like you're right there's so many way, different ways of interacting and, and, and being seen and getting in front of the right people that many times we do forget because again, social media is this big thing to some, to most people, not to everybody. But when you're in it, you think, oh my gosh, if I'm not doing this or that, then oh Lord. But um, it's just to take it easy and to, to, the work is to discover, to find out what does, what is good for you and to have fun. So now on Instagram, I do see it as more have fun, no pressure. I'll share things, but I know I really love the engagement and I do have good engagement in terms of the conversations and connections with people. And so I use that for what it is, you know? Yeah. And I love that you shared that too, because like a lot of times when we're looking at like a strategy, like, okay, Instagram, like I'm going to go in there and I'm gonna get some clients. I'm going to make some money. And that's the wrong way to look at it, right? Like when you go into it and you're just having fun and you're showing up and being generous and kind and collaborating and connecting and like responding mm -hmm. to people's posts, like that's usually, at least from my experience, where the business comes from. But when I go into a group and I'm like, all right, I need a client, like, and you like go in with that, like, um, what's the right word? Um, like that hunger almost like, and like the desperation like you can smell, it's like dating, right? You can smell, you can smell the desperation. <laughs> um, but so I think it's so important, like what you shared, like when you just go into it for fun and you're just having fun with it and building relationships, like that's the gold. That's where you can really thrive and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think so many people get it wrong. Like when I, like some of my newer clients sometimes are like, I'm going into all these groups and I'm doing all these things and I'm posting my offers and I'm, you know, comments and everybody's things, but they're like, they're hungry for it. And I was like, all right, let's shift that perspective for a minute. Like, just go in and have fun, just engage with people, be what like a nice human being. <laughs> yeah. And like, don't respond to things that are only about your industry, like respond to somebody who needs help over here about like how to create a um, email funnel or go over here and talk about um, mom life and like how you, um, managed helping your your daughter or something like that like talk about those types of things and people are going to get curious they're going to be like oh like you're amazing like you're so helpful and they click over to your profile like oh this is what you do and then they start to like then somebody asks for something they're like oh so and so does that like let me connect you like that's how i feel like you can really make a big difference when it comes to community and social media it's like that nurturing piece to it mm -hmm. so absolutely i agree um, 
before we, we're going to wrap up in just a couple minutes and we'll go to rapid fire. But before I go there, I'd love to hear, can you tell us what um, has been like one of the biggest things you've had to overcome in your business? Yeah, the biggest thing to overcome is my, my mindset, my, the, the thing, sensitivity and taking things personally and then being hard on myself. You know, those, and it, it, again, it goes to my mentality. That's been the biggest thing to overcome because it's everything. And it can, it can, if you're a sensitive person, if you're a feeling person, if you love people, if I don't take shit, but you know, you, there can be certain circumstances where you're let down. Okay. Cause maybe not every, not maybe, definitely not everyone has the same level of integrity or does business the same. And so when you're disappointed or things don't work out as you'd hoped, you know, that can be hurtful, but to know that as long as you're, as you know yourself and you're doing the right things and staying and keeping your word to yourself, um, then that's all you can do. And just know that I know Richard Branson said this, and I always remember this. He said, opportunities are like standing at the bus stop waiting for a bus to come. You know, they have their schedule. You miss one, it's okay. Another one's gonna come up in like 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, you could use the bus stop, you could use the subway station, whatever. The point is, is that there will be another one. That there will be another opportunity. It's a matter of your awareness, your self, awareness of self and, and being discerning and being open. <laughs> so discerning self-awareness and having an, an openness of heart that's um what I have learned that's what I have learned and that's led to you know just not taking things personally and uh or too personally and and continuing to move forward and know it's not about them or that people can love you or hate you it it's not your business it's not your business. Your business is to focus on how you're being and, and your self-image, how you're looking at yourself, how you're showing up for yourself and your loved ones. What kind of person are you being? And is it a match? You know, what kind of leader are you being? Is it a match to your actions and your thoughts? Yeah. yeah. So good. I love that so much. And you're, you're so right. Like, and it gets like that, that value piece to it. Like knowing what your values are mm -hmm. and how you want to show up like you're going to attract the people that have similar values and are the right people. And, right. and you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. That's cool. Uh, mm -hmm. I could never work with everybody in the whole wide world, even though I tried to, when I first started my business, like yeah. I can't serve millions of people. <laughs> I can only serve the right ones that are at the right time in the right place for me. So, exactly. so true. <laughs> All right. We're going to have some fun real quick. I love to do rapid fire questions with my guests just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Um, I'm super curious. Are you binge watching anything on TV right now? Oh, uh, well, I'm looking forward to Ozark coming out the, the latest season on the 27th of this month. I'm so excited. I love, I love Ozark. Oh. But I was coming already though. So you just gave me an update. Like so that, this month, baby. I love that one. <laughs> um, my husband and I are currently watching Ginny and Georgia, Georgia and Ginny. So that's like a, a, a kind of a wholesome show with a little, little edge to it. Uh, that's on Netflix. I and actually just finished that one last, not last night, the night before. Oh, okay. So it was good. And I heard they're going to make a season two. So 
Okay. Who knows when, because they haven't even started filming, but that's a good one. It's, it's yeah. a good one. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms, I can't think of anything else that I am binging. I still love to watch This Is Us. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. That's good ones. We could curl up on the couch together. I like all those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what are you reading right now? Do you have any, a book that you're into? Yes, I am. I am reading a book called More Than Enough. And it is written by Elaine Wilterworth. She is the, she was the youngest and the first black um, editor-in-chief of a large publication like Condé Nast. Uh, she was appointed by Anna Winter at the age of 30 to be editor-in-chief of Vogue and Teen Vogue. And I have seen her on social media. She's amazing. She's got amazing hair. My hair is pretty tame today. Sometimes, you know, I can make it even bigger for my Afro, but no, she's got wonderful hair and she's inspiring. And her book tells the story of her growing up. It's part memoir and, and inspiration and truth and realness and, and, you know, a, a roadmap for girls who, yeah, who have been told in whatever kinds of ways from family, from society, that you're not, you're not enough. And that's why it's called more than enough. More than enough. Oh, I yeah. love that. I wrote the title down. I'm gonna have to get it. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You. And, um, do you have a morning routine? Are you somebody <laughs> who has kind of like a, a morning not necessarily ritual, but like <laughs> certain things that you do. Yeah, yeah. I'll get up. I'll have some lemon water. <laughs> I um, will light my incense and go and meditate or do some yoga. One comes before the other. Or maybe I'll just make some coffee first before getting into that. So it's always get up, water, time for just quiet with my incense and just chill and then some kind of movement. And then... Then I get into my day after, you know, for me, I can, I wake up at about six, 6.30 every morning, but I'm not really ready to work, work until about nine, <laughs> nine, 10, huh? I said, I'm totally with you on that. Like, yeah, I, I used to start my mornings, like, is there like work stuff like at eight, eight 30. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm like nine 30 or 10 feels way better. <laughs> so way better, way better. It's like, don't ask me too many questions that, you know, eight, like, don't, don't do that. But yeah. So I, that's, that's what I like to do. And you're more, at least I'm more productive when I start at nine 30 or 10 versus when I try to start earlier. Cause my brain just needs more time in the morning to like, it's a nice slow morning is what I call it. <laughs> and you know what I've learned through the years in, in business and in life, don't, don't force it. Don't force anything. It, the more actually the more that you do when you know your heart's not in it when you know you're not it's it's just going to continue just to create this rub this friction and you're not going to move anywhere you're going to be stagnant so it, how you do anything is how you do everything I do believe that it took me a while to subscribe to that I'm like I don't know about that I don't know but I read T. Harv Ecker if you've ever read Secret of the Millionaire Mind um he's he's great I worked for a company that um it's called Success Resources, where they did do programs based around his stuff. Yeah. And so when I worked there to overhaul their content, um, it really sunk in. That concept of how you do anything is how you do everything really did land differently with me at that point in time. And I'm like, oh yeah, there are nuggets in terms of how you do this thing over here that's going to impact how you do this thing over here. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel about like exercise. 
when I'm like when I'm adding exercise into my routine, like it makes everything else better. <laughs> yeah. But when I don't, like I notice like other areas of my life feel like they're not like as complete or something. I don't know. <laughs> but that that's what it made me think of when you said that. Yeah. So yeah. All right. And if you had to name one person, who would you say has made the biggest impact on your life? Hmm. My grandmother. My grandmother, Debbie we would call her. <laughs> yeah. I think about that woman every day. She's around me very much and was, I didn't realize until, you know, I became an adult and even now how, how influential. Um, I had some paperwork, some of the files, cause she passed at 92 from natural causes. And, um, which was great. I'm like, yay. I mean, not yay that she passed, but like, wow, full life, long life. And you, yeah. Um, no illness. Um, my mom had some files of hers and I remember looking through some and seeing headlines in the local paper about her being returning to school to learn how to read at 74 years old. Oh yeah. Gosh. She had like, she had about a sixth grade education and, um, you know, being a black woman who grew up in the South, she, well, that wasn't unusual when she went to work, but she was such a freaking trailblazer. Like she waited to have kids until her late twenties, which again, in the forties, fifties, that's pretty late, you know, given the time she, she drove, she had her own car. She ended up taking um, getting property that was passed from her father. So they lived like her and her husband and the family that they had was in her house and the house came, that came from her family that she took care of, that she built, that she added on to, you know, made renovations to. I remember her in the eighties, late eighties, soda cans. Um, she'd be like, okay, rinse it out. I remember when we drank soda, we'd rinse it out. She'd dry it and then step on it so she could go recycle it. She was recycling. Okay, yeah, she got like 10 cents or something, you know, for collecting. But she, and she would be very avid about getting exercise. And as I think about all of these little nuggets and pieces of her personality and resiliency and tenacity, and she loved people. She loved animals and people. <laughs> um, and well-behaved children, but they had to be well-behaved. <laughs> so, but the warmth and how people in the community knew her and, and my grandfather and how she was a real um, pillar in the community, in the family and all those cool things about her. It's just, yeah, she made a big impact. You're warm in my heart and I'm sure it's warm in hers. So I, I love, especially when it's like family members who are so amazing and like clearly the people in our lives that have made like that huge impact. Like yeah. so cool. Yeah. And where is your happy spot? If you need to reset, recharge, where do you go? What do you like to do? Mm, I like to, I have a pretty cute garden. So that's fun to get outside. And um, also I'll journal. So it's, it's, it's really comes down to two things. I'll either, well, three, I'll either journal, I'll rest, take a nap or pull my, um, I have Oracle decks. I'll pull cards from my decks. And those are the things that bring me back to center, make me feel like oh, if I'm feeling off or sad or mad or just, I will do that. 
it shakes it shakes that funkiness off right <laughs> funkiness off exactly <laughs> we all need that but those, those are some of the things that I like to do too that and like even just going outside in nature sometimes and like standing in the grass mm. like being barefoot like mm -hmm. just like I'm like I feel so grounded with that and then my ha my happy happy spots the ocean though if I can just be by water and go to the beach I'm like Thank okay. goodness we live in Southern California. It's not too, too far. <laughs> no, no I, I did. I did not mention that. That is, that's like such a spiritual thing. Like it feels very, it's the, the ocean and the beach is, is really a powerful and grounding place. Yeah. Absolutely. And I have just one last question for you and I cannot do it today and I wish I could, but if I could give you a plane ticket and you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh my gosh. Um, right now where would I want to go uh I think I would go to um gosh I don't know South America where would I go where would I go or Central America I went to Belize late last year and it was beautiful it was a wonderful place but you know what I'm going to change that Perhaps I'll go to Fiji. If you give me a plane ticket anywhere, I'll go to Fiji. It's beautiful. The people are, uh, I haven't been, uh, nice. There's yummy, clean, fresh food, and there's culture and rainforests and beautiful water. So I think I, I think I'd go there. Yeah. I love that you got to go to Belize last year. That's like the number one place that it's like I want to go to right now is Belize. I've wanted to go there for a couple of years, but it's still like the top. I'm like, it's up there, there in like um, Bali. <laughs> like, yeah, would be amazing too. too. Yeah. Belize is amazing. You'll have to tell me stories one day about that because it's definitely on my bucket list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Keisha, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and so much your heart with us today. Um, I know people are going to want to connect with you. Where, mm -hmm. where should they go? Where do you like, where do you like to hang out? Yeah, so I, I love to hang out on Instagram and you can find me at Striking Statements. Um, my website is also strikingstatements.com. I'm actually doing a rebrand this month. So I'm not sure when this, this is published, but by the end of March, uh, there'll be a brand spanking new strikingstatements.com. Uh, but yeah, Instagram, I, I have a lovely Facebook group called Master Your Message, where we have some great conversations in there. And there's tips about how to improve messaging. And there's a bit about manifesting and mindset in there too. So that's another place. Yeah. Awesome. And I know you have a free gift for everybody as well. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, uh, my freebie is called How to Make an Intro That Impacts. So you have three different templates provided that you can utilize to really wow people without being too wordy. And that's something that no matter how long you've been in business, when you get in scenarios where people ask that inevitable question, so what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh shit, do I, what do I keep? What do I leave out? Or what do I, you know, so that 30, you know, three ways to make an intro that impacts is what your guests can, or your listeners can have download for free. And it's so needed because we've all been at the networking event where you ask somebody that question and they just vomit all kinds of words at you and you're like, okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I have no clue what you just said, but uh-huh. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. It's all about that um, amazing messaging. So yeah. Thank you, Keisha, so much for being here. Um, it's been such an honor to hear your story. 
Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. All right, everybody, that's a wrap for this episode. We'll see you back here next week. Make it an amazing day. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.